My name is Diane Gardner, and I finished writing the book, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay and How to Stop It Now. Welcome to Please Finish Your Book, the show where busy people became published authors. Listen as they share their story, along with practical tips that you can use to get your book finished. Now, here's your host and Excel guru, John P. Thanks, Erica. Diane Gardner is an expert tax coach and a best-selling author whose proactive planning approach gives clients a leg up on Uncle Sam. Diane saves small business clients between $3,000 and $50,000 in as little as 60 minutes. She also has some great advice on finishing a book. Listen in on our conversation. Well, welcome to the show, and we're going to jump right in. Now, I know the title just hits it right on the nail, but give us a little summary, just a short little synopsis. Well, John, this is a fun book because it is full of case studies from my individual clients. Um, I'm an accountant and not just accountant, but I'm a tax coach. So I get the honor of working with people, mainly small business owners, and helping them make sure that they're not overpaying their taxes. So this book is case studies from my own clientele where I've changed their names and their industries to protect their identity. But we get to talk about these fun tax strategies that are ways to save people money on their taxes and so it's a really fun read as opposed to an educational type book it's it's educationally fun i like the fact that you mentioned that there are stories also they are an example they are and they're real people well glad you changed the name to protect the innocent or the guilty <laughs> the guilty <laughs> <laughs> so so this book was primarily written for entrepreneurs you bet entrepreneurs okay. who are starting to make some money in their business and going oh no now what I just paid the IRS X amount of dollars and that really hurt now you have 11 different ways business structures are those areas depending on the business structures where you can help someone save money oh you bet there is so much money that can be saved on a business who is in an incorrect business structure or a biz in incorrect entity type. Huh, huh. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, someone could be in an S Corp, but they should have been in an LLC or something along that line? Generally, I see them operating their business as a sole proprietor, and they've outgrown uh -huh. the sole proprietor entity type. And maybe they should be an LLC or an S-Corp or an LLC taxed as an S-Corp if they're in an LLC-friendly state. So I, this is one of the biggest areas I see people overpay in their taxes because they just don't realize they have a choice. And ah. as your business grows, you can outgrow your entity type. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. And that's Chapter 2, I understand. I believe it is. Yes. <laughs> I get my book open here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, now, in chapter one, you mentioned about tax preparation, projections, tax planning. Uh, I think it's something about who's really in charge of your checkbook. It is. Most, most taxpayers don't realize that there's a difference. And there's three different levels of engagements that you can use with your accountant or your tax preparer. Pretty much everybody's familiar with the tax preparation line, where you just engage somebody to prepare that tax return for you. They tell you how much you owe or what kind of a refund you might be getting. Maybe they prepare your estimated payments for you and send you down the road. Tax projection, end of job, over and done with, see you next year. 
Then we have tax projections, which is normally where I sit down with my clients and my coaching clients, generally sometimes in the summer and maybe again in the fall, and we start looking at where we think they're going to end up for the end of the year. We start adjusting things within their business, looking at some of the strategies, make sure that they're maximizing them, and possibly adjusting their estimated payments if necessary so that they don't have any big surprises at the end of the year. Then we have the next level up, which is tax planning. And that is where we are writing the future of your business. And so we're not just letting the chips fall wherever they might fall. But we're actually strategically planning your way to a lower tax liability using one of these, one or more of these strategies that are in my book. And through proactive tax planning, most of my clients recognize a savings of probably a minimum of $3,000 a year, all Whoa. the way up to at least 50000 a year. And that's every single year for the next however many years that you're in business and doing well in business. Nice. So that's wow. where who's in charge of your checkbook comes in, is are we planning to bring that tax liability down? And then I always ask people, now, what are we going to do with the tax savings? I want a plan in place. Are we paying down debt? Are we reinvesting it back in the business? Are they taking a vacation? Maybe they haven't had one in years. Are they finally paying themselves because they couldn't afford to do it before because they you know, didn't have their business set up correctly? So we always like to have a plan so that we can say, check when we're all done and we know that we've accomplished something. Yeah, you, you mentioned that you you can save that much money for someone, and I noticed on your website you've saved clients over what five hundred thousand dollars combined already. It's climbing rapidly now that tax season is really rolling. I think it's up over six hundred thousand now. Wow, wow, wow! Now this book is specifically for entrepreneurs. Is there anything in there for non-entrepreneurs, or is this a book that someone who's thinking about starting business should also read? It would be a good book for somebody who's just getting started in business okay. because mm -hmm. I have this wonderful chapter five, discovered the buried treasure hidden in your business. And that chapter is just full of different checklists of items that are deductible for various kinds of businesses. And I get asked about that one all the time because new entrepreneurs aren't even aware of all the things that they can write off in their business. And they don't realize what a treasure trove your business can be for write-offs. I have a question also about tax professionals. I mean, finding a good tax professional, is it somewhat like dating? I mean, how do you... It most <laughs> definitely you... is. <laughs> and that sounds <laughs> funny, but it really is. Because if you're not hooked up with the right tax professional, you're not pulling together evenly towards that common goal. So we always say it's like dating in that you kind of need to get to know your tax professional. You need to find out, are they entrepreneurial or not? Unfortunately, most accountants aren't. They're kind of, we'll just record your history and send you down the street. And that's not what you're looking for if you're wanting to strategically reduce your, your tax liability. You want to find out what kind of qualifications they have. How many letters do they have behind their name? How long have they been in business? Finding some referrals, other people who are, are endorsing them. Uh, what do they look, out, look like out on social media? Are they sharing really great information? Those are the kind of people you really want to find yourself surrounded by. And it really helps if you find an accountant with the three letters that say CTC behind their name. And that stands for Certified Tax Coach. 
because those those types of accountants like myself have had some really extensive training in how to strategically align you in a way that's totally legally court-tested, IRS-approved ways to lower that tax liability. Now, you mentioned uh, social media. They're sharing information on social media and so on. Is it a good idea to find one that's not in your town, away from the city where you live, or is it always best to, to find one that's somewhere where you can walk into the office and give them everything? Well, most people probably prefer to find an accountant within their local area, but mm -hmm. there are accountants like myself who work nationwide. I've got clients from Rhode Island all the way to Hawaii. And we hook up either Skype or over the phone and do their tax appointments that way. It's pretty easy to send documents back and forth, whether we're sending a FedEx package or certified mail, or they scan an email because I sent them a secure email link. So it's pretty easy with all the technology tools that we have today to be able to work nationwide and work with an accountant outside of your local geographic area. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that insight within the book. Are you ready for a rap session? Sure. All right. And a rap session for my audience is reading a portion, reading a portion of your book just to share a little bit about what's written inside. So whenever you're ready, go ahead and begin. Well, I'm going to start right in with the beginning of my book. This is a note from Diane. This dear reader, I've spent many years working with business owners and entrepreneurs as their accountant and trusted advisor. In my early years of being an accountant, I thought I was helping my clients by making sure they had good, solid financial records and accurate tax returns. I didn't yet know about the tax planning and tax saving strategies that I've outlined for you in the following chapters. Sadly, I had been under the impression that income tax was paid on the net profit of a business and that there wasn't much that could be done about it. Tax planning classes weren't offered during my college career, nor was the subject even discussed then or afterward in any of the continuing education classes I invested in each year. As a young accountant, I often heard people make comments about tax planning being wrong somehow or even bordering on illegal. I was confused myself as I didn't know about legal tax-saving strategies. That changed the day I saw an ad for proactive tax planning that guaranteed all strategies were IRS-approved and court-tested. That really caught my attention since I had many clients who paid large amounts of income tax each year. I invested in the training program, and this specialized training allowed me to become a certified tax coach. Since then, I've become part of the certified tax coach community, which consists of about 400 certified tax coaches across the United States. Wow. The accountants who belong to this community are, are an elite group of accountants in that their primary focus is to reduce taxes for each of their clients. Every month, they invest time in continuing education to learn more about legal tax-saving strategies. Many of these accountants operate regular accounting practices where they prepare tax returns and offer bookkeeping and other accounting services. Some of them represent various financial services. Certified tax coaches are located in most states. To my knowledge, I'm the only certified tax coach in the state of Idaho. I offer tax planning services to local business owners, plus technology has enabled me to assist business owners across the United States with their tax planning needs. When I'm able to work with a business owner and develop a customized plan to save them thousands of dollars in tax each year, I feel a genuine sense of accomplishment. More of a thrill, actually. I get excited helping families have greater means to invest in themselves. Congratulations on taking the first step toward reducing your tax liability. 
I hope you enjoy reading about the tax strategies I've outlined on the up on the upcoming pages. The stories are real, but names have been changed to protect people's confidentiality. I know you will benefit from their stories. Please contact me if you have any questions or would like additional information. I'm always willing to chat for a few minutes with my readers, and I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, future and current published authors. This is John P. So what did you think about that new addition to the show? The Rap Session, which stands for Read a Portion. I added that because I know that many authors love to have book readings to share their works. So some of the upcoming episodes will have rappers, well, <laughs> authors that rap by reading a portion of the book. Sometimes a paragraph, however, no more than a page. So do you like it? Yes or no? Tell me what you think. Go to pleasefinishyourbook.com front slash polls. That's P-O-L-L-S to vote. Yes or no? Thank you. Now back to the show. All right, we're going to move in now to the next segment of the show, which is about you. Where did you grow up and what stands out about your childhood? Well, I grew up here in northern Idaho in a little small mining community. And in that little small mining community, it was generally accepted that girls would pretty much just be wives and mothers. And if you got a high school education, you were doing good enough. And that was all that was expected of you. And I remember going to my dad and saying, Dad, I want to become an accountant. And he looked at me and he goes, well, why would I waste a college education on a girl? And that set my wheels in motion because it's like, what do you mean, waste a college education? What? I'll show you. <laughs> so off to college I trotted, paid for it by myself because he wasn't willing to waste that education on a girl. Oh. And took me almost five years to get through, but I finally put myself through college and realized going through college that I really wanted to focus on small businesses. I wasn't interested in the accounting that puts you out into the big corporate world or international stuff or any of that, but helping and working with small businesses and making a difference in their lives was where I wanted to spend the rest of my life, and that's what I've been doing for about 35 years now. That sounds like a long time, doesn't it? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> That's fine. Now, what did you actually want to be when you grew up? Well, this is really funny. I wanted to become an accountant because my shop teacher's wife was an accountant. Oh. <laughs> I, had, I really didn't know what an accountant did too much back then. But once I got into college, that really got solidified. Is That's where I was headed. Now, before the book idea, was there a hobby or passion that you spend most of your time doing? I love to read. I'm a read readaholic, and I admit it. Um, I've always got my nose in a book. Most of the time they're business books. Sometimes they're not. But I am such an avid reader that it made that leap into becoming an author easier because I've read thousands of, of books in my lifetime. Wow. So I think that really helped a lot when it came time to actually writing my own book. Now, what unique talent or personal accomplishment are you most proud of before you started writing books? Probably my certification as a tax coach. That certified tax coach was a lot of work. Um, in addition to that, I also have enrolled agent status, which is a two-day testing that I took with the IRS so that I can represent taxpayers in all 50 states. So those nice. two things were pretty big. That, wow, that must be amazing, especially with all the updates that happen from year to year and changes to stay up to date with that? I invest a lot of time every single month on continuing education. That is great. Is there a personal hardship 
that shaped you into who you are today? Most definitely. Back in 2001, I found myself as a single parent and took my business at that point. It had just been a stay-at-home. I wanted to keep it real part-time. I was trying to be a pretty much a full-time mom and a part-time accountant. And after that happened, I got forced into moving my business into town, renting an office, and going full speed ahead because all of a sudden I had to keep a roof over our heads. I had to bring in enough money, and that's not easy in the early stages of building a business. So my daughter and I were in our, you know, she grew up in my business, and she was at my office all the time in, you know, before and after school and everything like that. So that really pushed me. Uh, prior to that, I went through a major earthquake when I had an office down in California, and it devastated our town. Oh. So I've been through some really tough stuff in the course of my career, and it has caused me to be one of those people who says never give up. You just push no. on through. You find a way around. You make it happen, whatever it takes. Now, I'm going to jump back for a moment to earlier you mentioned that you love reading books. Is there a particular book? that you wish you were the author of? The Go-Giver. Oh, yes. yes. That's got to be one of my all-time favorite books. Yep. Um, yep. If I was the author of that, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, those ideas didn't come out of my head. <laughs> right. Wow, yeah, that's a good book. I, I have that book. I actually have that one. Hello, future and current published authors. This is John P. again. Did you notice the new black box on the homepage at pleasefinishyourbook.com? It says how-to instructions for subscribing, rating, and reviewing via iTunes, iPhone, or iPad. If you click it, it'll take you to the written step-by-step -step instructions, which is an alternative to watching the videos. I need your five-star ratings and reviews for this podcast just once. So would you do me that favor? And for those who've already done it, thank you very much. And for those who are about to do it, thank you in advance. Now, back to Diane Gardner. Now... We're going to jump into the mindset, the mindset that you had while you were putting this particular book together. Okay, so what actually led up to the book idea for this particular book, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes? Okay, I'm going to back up a couple books because this was not sure. my first book. Okay. When I was first presented with the idea from my business coach that I needed to write a book, I was terrified. I'm an accountant. I'm a, I'm a numbers person. I can do spreadsheets, beautiful spreadsheets. I can do tax returns. Do you want me to write a book? I don't think <laughs> so. And it terrified me. And I it really, I thought about it for months and months. And finally, the opportunity arose where I could become part of a co-authored book. And uh -huh. I went, okay, that technically means I've written a book, so he'll get off my back. And I, you know, I have, all I have to do is a chapter. I could do that. And I was here again. I was terrified, but I got my chapter written and submitted it, and it got accepted, and it even won an, um, an editor's award for it. And wow. that kind of got me just a little bit of confidence. And I went, well, okay, that wasn't so bad. And I had another opportunity to become a part of a second co-authored book in the certified tax coach world. The first one was more of a marketing book. And so I jumped on that one, and here again, I only had to do my one chapter, and the other authors, authors all contribute their one chapter, and you have this nice little book when it's all done. And I went, mm -hmm. well, okay, that was pretty easy the second go around because I wasn't <laughs> terrified anymore. So right. then my coach started pushing me, and he says, okay, now it's time for you to write your book. And I went, what? I can't.
can't do that. I could do one chapter. He goes, no, Diane, it's time for you to write your book. If you want people to listen to what you say and to understand and to believe and to do what you coach them to do, you must write a book to build that credibleness and that authority. And I hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed, and um, this my business coach puts on a semi-annual event where all the members of his of his coaching group get together once or twice a year. And at that event, when we got to the section about how everybody needed to write a book, he had you commit to writing a book within a certain amount of time. Well, he only gave me 60 days to get my book written. Oh, I talk about <laughs> Panicsville. Yep. I there was another accountant in the room and we got together and said, How about if we write this book together? I'll write, you know, seven or eight chapters and you write seven or eight oh. chapters and we'll get the book done. So Great. we 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 both went home and I started writing and I started sending him emails and, and started sending him chapters as I was getting them written and there was no chapters coming from him. All I was getting was excuses. Well, I've been really busy. Um I'll work on it tomorrow. I'll work on it next week and it wasn't happening. I got on the phone with my coach, and he says, well, right now, you draw the line in the sand. If he doesn't have his all of his chapters to you by this Friday, guess what, kiddo? You are writing a book. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> so I drew my line in the sand. He did not get any of his chapters to me. And so I sat down for that next week, and I wrote the second half of the book. Oh, wow. And I, got, I came in. I got it done about... Oh, three or four days before my 60 days was up. So I made it because I had to, um, we each had to publish within our private Facebook page when our books were, t were written, not when they were published, but when they were written. And so I made my 60 day deadline, but it was that pushing of, he dropped the ball. Now I had to do it. And so I did. Wow, what an amazing story. <laughs> well, we're, we're all glad that you did. <laughs> so now, uh, what doubts did you have about writing the book during the process? Well, I had a lot of excuses because mm -hmm. I work more than full time. It was a busy time of year for me. Uh, I needed to spend time with my husband. I needed to spend time with my grandson. You know how you can do. You can rationalize mm -hmm. it all. My yep. doubts were... I'm a numbers person. I'm not a word person. I'm a numbers person. Mm -hmm. But I had to overcome those doubts. I had to overcome those excuses. And I just had to get her done. Now, what type of tools did you use to capture the idea? And what type of research did you have to do? Well, I basically have about nine or ten strategies that I use all the time with, for, with, with my clients with tax planning. So I mm -hmm. basically took those strategies and I started thinking back to conversations that I had had with various clients. And by p putting a name and a face with each one of the strategies, I was able to develop the story of what we had talked about and those types of things about how their whole situation started and how it ended and what their outcome was. So that helped me tremendously. And then I have that extra chapter in there about all the various deductions for your business. So that helped get me started. So I wasn't just sitting there staring at the blank computer screen and right, not knowing right. what to do. What did you do for fun to escape from the writing and the tax planning and the education? Yes. Um, I play with my grandson. Aww. He's my pride and joy. He just turned four. And he's very much into construction equipment. 
and we have what he calls a construction site out behind my husband's shop. It's just a pile of dirt, but yeah. it's a construction site. And <laughs> and Braden and I sit out there, and he makes roads, and he tells me stories of all this stuff, and we play in the dirt. Mm. That's my biggest fun is just playing with him and, and having some fun grandma time with him. Now tell us about a challenging moment or a major distraction that took place while you were writing this particular book. Well, my book was written one chapter at a time in the evenings after I had worked all day. My husband goes to work and kind of in the middle of the night, so he's off to bed very early in the evening. So after he would get off to bed and I'd get the kitchen cleaned up, then I got time to actually sit down for a couple hours each evening and write. So my distractions were it was hard to find enough time to get all these chapters written in 60-day time period when yeah. you're working full-time and taking care of a family and trying to pick up my little grandson on the weekends. Uh, sometimes I would only get a couple hours of writing time over the whole weekend if I had him. So he could be a very good distraction for me. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Give us a glimpse into what the editing process was was like for someone who was more of a numbers person, analytical. Well, I used myself as well as my one of my staff members, my admin assistant, and we each took a copy of my rough book and sat down and started writing it up because we're both pretty good at editing. I've always had kind of a knack for that, even though I'm a numbers person, but it's because I'm so detailed. I see a lot of the stuff that other people don't see. Mm -hmm. And then we started comparing notes and just started making those corrections and changes to it. We uh, This particular book, um, I actually ended up hiring an editor once we were done with our internal edits, and she mm -hmm. changed a few more things around a little bit here and there, and then formatted it for me so it would be ready for Kindle and CreateSpace. Now, where did the title come from? Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay, and How to Stop Paying It Now. I mean, why 11? Why not 12, 15, or maybe even just 5? Because there's about 9 or 10 strategies we use constantly with people. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to get that extra line, l chapter in there about all the tax savings, deductions, and stuff in a, in a business. So by the time we got done, I had 11 different things that would save money for people. And at that point, I was out of time, and so it became 11. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone on further, but my 60 days was up. <laughs> Deadline. Deadline. Yep. Deadline. Deadline. <laughs> now, how did you decide on the cover? Was that your first idea, or did it? take a couple versions to get to this idea for the company? It took several versions. My first idea was something like a policeman with his hand up, stop. That didn't work real well once we started laying it out on a cover. It seemed too, I don't know, legal or abrupt or something. We didn't like it. We played around with several other things, and finally we were talking one day and said, well, why don't we just use a stop sign? Everybody knows what that means. <laughs> and so we have a big stop sign on the front of the book, and it says stop overpaying your taxes right on the stop sign. Now, you chose self-publishing. Why did you choose to take the self-publishing route? Because I didn't have time for it to wait around and shop publishers or anything like that. I had information I wanted to get into people's hands today. Uh, in fact, when I first printed this up, I just went to 48-hour books, and I printed off, I think, about 50 of them, passed wow. them out, got feedback, got some testimonials for the front of my book, and then we sent it on out through CreateSpace and just mm -hmm. did the self-publishing that way. 
I don't know if my book is good enough that an edit that a publisher would ever want it. I really don't care because I give more of my books away than I've ever sold. Wow. And they are my big business card. I'm in a group of people. I pass out books. I do a lot of seminars. We give away books with drawings. It's a way to get people to go out and sign them at my website at my website so that they can get on my, my newsletter list and that type of thing. I'll give them a book if they'll go out right then and there and go out to my website and sign up. As soon as they do, they get a free book. Just a lot of little things like that as a way to build my list. And it's been a great marketing tool. People are shocked when you give them a book. A new client coming in the door, if they look like a good candidate for me, I'll send them out the door with a book. It makes a nice wow factor. So I'm really not in it to make money off of books. I'm in it to make money off of the services that I can prepare for them down the road. And yes, I'll I'll definitely put your website in the show notes. And I noticed at the top it has the Tax Tip Tuesday. Is that the name of the mailing list? Uh, That is just one of the little tips that we send out. We have Tax Tips Mm -hmm. Tuesday, and then we have a weekly blog that goes out, I believe it's on Thursday. I have multiple websites. It's either on Wednesday or Thursday because one is Wednesday and the other one's Thursday. And uh, they can get a free copy of my book called The Ten Most Expensive Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. Uh, We offer that book for free out there on the website. There's a whole free stopover paying bundle that they can download. So we try to give a lot of information away for free because most people are not aware of tax saving strategies. What new skill did you gain from going through the process of writing books that you didn't have before? Probably more self-discipline because it took a lot of self-discipline to sit down and write every single evening and on Saturday mornings. Um, Without that self-discipline, I could not have gotten it done because I don't have the luxury that some people have of blocking out three or four hours in the middle of your day and just writing. I'm, I'm writing a very busy business. In fact, I run three businesses. So... It's, it made me very self-disciplined. How did you celebrate after this particular book was finally finished and available for sale? We did a book launch where we offered it out to a bunch of other people. I've done some book signings, so that's been kind of fun. I've been invited to mm-hmm. a couple author events. In fact, I'm hosting one myself with a fellow author, um, Tony Rubleski. Um, those people, some people may know his name. He's pretty big out in the marketing world, so we have a Books, an author event that we'll be hosting this summer. So we just try to do some fun things like that with it. Nice, nice. Now, what would you do differently for your next book? Boy, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to just block out some time in the middle of the day to write instead of having to do it at home in the evenings after working all day. But mm-hmm. I have written two more books since then that are will be out self-published here shortly we're in the editing phase right now and i've written them both at night too now i want to find out as we're wrapping up and getting close to the end i want to find out what short actionable tip or step-by-step process that you could share with someone who hasn't yet finished a book well john i'm going to say commit to writing a chapter by a certain date and then just keep repeating that over and over and over and over until your book is finished. And if you do that, you will get your book written within a reasonable period of time. Put a deadline on it because if you don't have a deadline, it will never get done. But if you can break it down into these smaller pieces, 
tonight or today I'm just going to get the table of contents done. Now I'm going to get chapter one done. I'm going to get the introduction written. Break it all down into all the little pieces it's going to take and only worry about concentrating on the one piece that you're responsible for today. That's the same way we do when we're facing tax season here in my office. We prepare about 400 tax returns over the course of tax season. But I've broken that down into weekly goals. We only have to do a certain number of tax returns every single week. And as long as we only focus on that, that group of returns, it's not so overwhelming. Otherwise, it's easy to get lost in the overwhelm and you never, ever do anything. Share a word of encouragement for someone who hasn't finished their book yet. Don't ever give up. Excellent. Straight to the point. You got it. That's it. Got it. So so what are you excited about working on next? I am excited to get my next couple books actually out there and published. One is about customer service and the other one is a is a book about systems and procedures in a professional office. I know really boring topics, but it actually are fun and they're a way to reduce stress and increase profits. So one of my businesses is called Get Off the Wheel, and we work with accountants and attorneys and other professional offices on how to get them streamlined so that they actually have a system and things run smoother. So I'm excited to get both of those books finished. I'm always looking for other things to do to keep something fresh and new that I can dangle in front of new people when I meet them. So, all right, we're we're at the end of the show, and we're going to make the last and final closing statement. My name is Diane Gardner. I'm the author of Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, 11 Ways Entrepreneurs Overpay and How to Stop It Now. And if you haven't finished your book, get it finished. Thank you for finishing your book, Diane, and thank you for sharing it with the world. If you want more information on Diane Gardner and her book, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, check out the links in the show notes or go to pleasefinishyourbook.com front slash zero zero three. Take it away, Erica. Did you learn enough to help you take the next step toward finishing your book? If so, share the show and let us know by visiting pleasefinishyourbook.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Hashtag Please Finish Your Book.